everybody and welcome to our podcast and we have Sharon with us today and the main focus for our conversation today is about raising awareness of mental health and isolation within older people within our communities how we can raise more awareness around this issue within the communities and maybe to encourage some people to to help out and to look out for those elderly people within their communities any way that we can help out so Sharon thank you very much for coming on and being a part of um, this podcast today you're very welcome so Sharon do you just want to tell us a wee bit about yourself and what exactly it is that you do yes thanks a million for having me on and for letting me voice a few things and um, yes I, I work in the community and um, with older people supporting them with their mental health issues and dementia and um, so I'm very much in the midst of things in the community at present and like when you say like elderly people like is it is it over 65s mainly that you work with yes it'd be over 65s or some sometimes younger people have dementias and um, we would work with any age with a dementia as well but it's mainly yeah. over 65s yeah so i think that's you know sort of what what we're we're seeing a lot of and another has been in the media as well um a lot of focus on isolation and loneliness i suppose for for elderly people uh, who maybe don't have families around them um so are you seeing like a rise in um you know the the amount of people elderly people that are maybe um isolated during this pandemic as well absolutely um especially following the first lockdown. The first lockdown wasn't too bad because people were told that like, we're going to do this. This will make things better if you shield, if you stay in and protect yourselves and others. But following that, when they realised that this was not the case and there was going to be further lockdown, the, the loneliness became the biggest problem by far. Mm. And the loneliness then not seeing family and friends leads on to the social isolation, which is a massive problem that we're seeing now. I mean, these people had lives before COVID. They were going out daily to day centres, attending community groups, church groups. They had befrienders. You know, they were out and about having busy lives and they had a purpose. And all that has suddenly been taken away from them. Yeah, I mean, it seems, you know, um, heartbreaking, like, you know, whenever you, you think about that, you know, we've all been through, obviously, with, with the lockdown and stuff like that. And we've all had our struggles. And at times for me, whenever I was sort of feeling a wee bit sorry for myself, you know, being in the house, um, I always would have thought about people who I know that would have been worse off, you know, like elderly people who are at home on their own, um, who were used to going out to day centres or, or having those visits and just couldn't get them anymore you know I think sometimes you know it's maybe recognizing how um, blessed that we are to have our families or whatever and that there's people out there that are suffering so that's why we want to be able to raise more awareness of this and see how we can help um you know I think sometimes whenever we don't actually see it you know we can be blinded to the issues that are out there but there's so much of it going on and like you say it's getting worse I suppose you know so do you think that many of these um elderly people have got more of a fear of the isolation more so than the the actual COVID? Oh, absolutely. I mean, as we become older, the natural thing is you start to lose family, you lose friends, you lose people around you. You have maybe physical ailments that get you down, you know, they bring your your mood down. And as practitioners out there, we're telling people, look, to help to make you feel better, you need to get out, you need to socialise, you need to go to these groups, you need to speak to people, get to see people. And that's suddenly been taken away and they're now asking us, like, what do we do now? This was the advice before, so what's left now? So it's again, it's trying to encourage them that like, 
there may be light at the end of the tunnel here. Mm-hmm. But for some people, they just can't see that. And they're now telling me that following numerous periods of lockdown, they're telling us that, see, at the end of the day, I would rather die from COVID, take the risk of dying from mm-hmm. COVID and have family and friends and people around me than die lonely in my home, not seeing people, not speaking to people. More and more are starting to say that now. They feel that they have done their bit. They have stayed protected and protected others. And they're watching other people being very irresponsible, not abiding by the rules. And they're not being penalised for that. So these people feel they're being penalised for for sticking to those rules and they're the ones suffering greatly. You know, and it's it's very hard to tell them that that's not the case. Yeah. So, um, you know, with the restrictions in, you know, a lot of them obviously would have went out, you know, to day centres and different things like that. Um, You know, what what is being put in place for people like like that, you know, who have to stay in or who, you know, if the day centres have closed down, what type of support are they getting now? And the support has greatly, greatly increased, thank goodness. Professionals like ourselves, we're still going out to see people. We're going out to treat them in their homes, support them. Also, the likes of day centres were providing regular telephone calls. Very vulnerable people, they were going out to visit them, you know, risking themselves, you know, getting geared up in their PPE gear, going out, speaking to people or delivering activity packs, that sort of thing. There's also lots of community groups that are doing daily phone calls, you know, to, to let people know, look, I, I ring you every day. If you have an issue or a worry, you can have a wee chat with me. And to some people, that's a lifeline. That might be the only person they will speak to that day. There's always support there 24 hours a day. It's known how to access that support. Yeah. And I suppose, you know, with elderly people that maybe aren't used to technology and like Zoom and, and WhatsApp Absolutely. and different things, th- different things like that. So I suppose that puts more pressure on the likes of your sales because then you have to learn how to do that then to be able to, to help them to support that. So how do you deal with that? And have you had to have extra training, I suppose, to be able to go and do all this? Yes. Well, I mean, I'm not very computer literate myself. <laughs> But, you know, but we do, there are groups out there who will very gladly speak to people, talk them through how to connect to these things and even visit their homes, mm-hmm. you know, to show them how to do this, you know, because they feel that they do need, you know, some sort of support in that area. Obviously, some people can't mm-hmm. manage technology and that's yeah. just not an option. So it's yeah. trying to find different ways. It's for whatever suits other people, you know, and the Alzheimer's Society and that they would run fabulous educational groups via Zoom for carers and mm-hmm. families, which has been extremely valuable. Um, how, how are those families that are the carers, are they getting supported? Because um, I know carers would have had that support even with getting that respite or whatever, um, and they don't have that anymore. So I suppose that's putting extra pressure. Uh, so you are obviously supporting the families who are supporting um, you know, the, the elderly. Absolutely. I mean, they have been used to Okay, when you're a carer, you're a 24-hour carer, you're not a part-time carer. The use of respite, the use of befrienders, the use of day centres, just that wee bit of time out for them Mm -hmm. to dust themselves down, take a deep breath and get ready back in their caring role. When that was taken away from them, a lot of families struggled. And we've seen a lot of um, families, the situation breaking down. Due to no fault of their own, it was just not sustainable. You know, the professionals were there to go out to support and help as best as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, but there are the likes of the groups, like I mentioned, AGNI, Alzheimer's Society, they are there to tap into Mm -hmm. um, 
whether it's via Zoom, via telephone call, to offer support and advice and talk people through the different situ difficult situations they're experiencing. Um, but it's a very, very difficult time for, for carers, especially in families. People are even taking the decision, I'm really lonely living here now. So what I want to do is I want to move into a more sociable environment. So they're moving to, say, a fold, a sheltered dwelling, a supported housing. They're realizing how important human contact mm. is. So yeah. they're, they're deciding to make that move now which for some people is extremely beneficial you know that, yeah that. and you know because I mean that, that it is you know even like we work with women and with young girls and many of them that come through our programs you know um through different reasons you know if it's mental health if, it, if it's anxiety and depression has caused that social isolation and that loneliness and they come onto our groups and all of a sudden they hear other women or girls telling the same story and they're like oh my goodness I'm actually not on my own there are other people that feel the same way that are going through the same as me and that sort of like realization that you're not on your own is such a big step and a big help forward for people you know so I can imagine how much more it would be for um, elderly people who are maybe living on their own do then all of a sudden realize if I go into supported living or into a fold or something that there's other people around me who, who are feeling the exact same so would that be something good, you know, for for people like that? Absolutely. I mean, you've hit the nail on the head there. It is massive to know that you're not alone. Yeah. And that's the first thing we will do. We we'll reassure people, look, you're not on your own in this. Even younger people are feeling the way you're feeling. And it is important for them then to make the right decision for them. But it is good to see that they are, are taking control of their situation and they want to do this. For many years, we've been trying to encourage people and, let them know the benefits of having company to reduce this social isolation. But now they're realizing it themselves and they're they're asking, they're wanting this, which is again, it's empowering them. They're making the yeah. a decision. Yeah. They're not being told what they have to do. And as an elderly person, their biggest fear is being told, you have to go into a home, you have to do this. You know, yeah. They want to remain in part as long as they possibly can. And yeah. we want to encourage them to remain independent and make their own decisions yeah. that is right for them you know we will assist them to do that yeah and I suppose you know part of that is showing them their options you know um, showing them like you know you can live at home and we can put this in place for you or you can go into this you know fold or supported living and this will be put in place and so it's giving them those options and allowing them and again that's what we do you know through our programs with women and young girls um, with mental health we show them their options you know because many of them don't even realize that they've got options and once you show somebody that they have options and allow them to choose what's best for them that can be very empowering to them so it doesn't matter I suppose what age you are we all have to um, you know make our own choices in life and it's good to know that we've got those options. Absolutely and, and that's the thing if even if you speak to someone who has dipped their toe in your shoes and knows what you have been going through and experienced that and maybe started to come out the other side that is extremely helpful you know and they go and see people living very happy fulfilled lives still feeling useful within their community and feel as if they are important and valued and that's the most important thing I think is feeling valued and that you're not just a number that's left yeah. by the wayside you know and it's very important that we do that and help empower these mm -hmm. people you know it's, it's as you say no matter what age that's yeah. extremely important. And so you're going in, obviously, in, in the homes and you're supporting people, you know, who are maybe feeling very isolated and their mental health is 
being affected, obviously, you know, more so throughout this, the, the lockdowns, um, you know, just listening to you talking, you know, and hearing about different people who are lonely, I feel like bad about it, you know, and like, what can I do about it? Um, but you're there all the time saying it, you know, so obviously you're coming away, maybe coming home. How do you relax or how do you um, look after your mental health as somebody who's supporting other people? But that's the thing. It is very hard to switch off because, you know, when you're empathetic and you, you try to imagine what they're going through, you realise just how devastating this can be, you know, when these illnesses and conditions can be also. And um, I think the most important thing is we have good, really good supportive managers, people who listen to us. They support us. They give us options. If you want to work from home to make things easier, any issues at all we have, we can go and speak to them, share it with them. Whether you talk together, you cry together, those things happen day and daily. Yeah. Also, our colleagues, we learn on the job every single day. You know, we're learning something new and we share that with each other. And if you share an experience that you have had, it will make my experience that bit easier or more understandable or easier yeah. to manage as, as such. Um, so you've got that, but also friends. You know, you need to have good friends. You need to be able to switch off at times, yarn, bit of crack. Everybody needs that. And I suppose the thing is, you know, I can use the computer. I can do my friends. I can do these things. That helps me. But if that was taken away from me, I don't think I would be just as happy as I am yeah. now. You know, that, yeah. and that's, that's the big realisation. Yeah. But it's about, you know, it's about people behind you. We're not just single people out there doing this on our own. That yeah. is not the case. We have a big supportive team behind us and mm-hmm. um, keeping us right. And and as I say, the reward that we get from seeing someone tell you, look, I'm feeling much better or I've decided I'm going to move or, you know, those rewards in themselves just yeah. make the job so worthwhile. It's sad at times and it is difficult at times, but that is life. Life is not always on the up. And I think one of the things that I have realised as well, you know, is that, um, it's not our job to fix everything, you know, and we can't. We have to recognize our limitations as well. We get women and girls through and we hear their stories, their devastating stories. And, you know, we just want to be able to wave a magic wand and make everything all better. But like you say, that that's not life and that can't happen. But it's about us doing our best to be able to help those that we're supporting. And if we're not in a good place mentally, you know, if we're not looking after our mental health, then we're not going to be in a good place to be able to help other people with their mental health. So I think it's very important, people who support others, that we do look after our own mental health as well. And most of the things that you had said there was always about being connected with other people. You know, it's about socialising, being connected and about talking and everybody needs that. Absolutely. That's 100% right. You know, we we all need that. And I think, as you say, realising your limitations, saying to someone, look, I... I, I don't know what you're asking me. I don't have the answer, but I will go and I will find that answer ourselves. That's how we learn. You know, and daily there are different community groups out there are offering much wider services and better services. And we are learning, you know, from, from speaking to them and being signposted to them. So what communication? Yeah, communication and collaboration and working with others. You know, us in our organisation with GLOW, we can only do so much. So if we can't do something, then we find another organisation that can help that person. You know, so we're always looking out for for other organisations that we can link in with because it's all about giving that uh, woman or girl the best support possible. There is many great charities and organisations out there that are supporting elderly people as well. Um, AJ and I, 
you know, is definitely one of them. Who's doing great support and um, engage with the age. I had find them as well, and they have a friending service. It's just a matter of going and volunteering, I suppose, with some of these organisations, being a befriender, picking the phone up and phoning somebody once a week. You know, I'm sure we could all do stuff like that. Absolutely. And it's about, I think at times, becoming an advocate for people who maybe don't have a strong voice. Now, with, with their consent, obviously, you're not. You know, a lot of older people feel they don't have a voice. For someone, even a friend or neighbour, to say, look, would you like me to make a wee phone call for you? To someone, put you in touch with someone or give them your number. They, they're small things, but they're big for that person because it opens another door. And as you say, it's about signposting. The groups in the community, they know their communities so well. They're a font of knowledge regarding their community and what's out there. And we have to tap into that. No group can survive on their own. We all need, you know, people around us to help support and advise ourselves as professionals even. But I think also, as you say, that people's expectations, sometimes, as you say, they expect you to come in, wave a magic wand and make it better. I suppose to some extent we were able to do that at times, but COVID pulled that rug from underneath everybody. You know, it affected everybody equally. You know, you have to make people realise it's not just you that's affected, it's everyone else. We will do our best to work around that and work around that safely. I suppose that was just really sort of then leading on to how can other people get involved or what are those signs, I suppose, that we need to be looking out for, you know, within our own communities for for. Um, people who are feeling isolated. I think it's about being aware of, you know, people around you, your neighbours, even someone in your family. They might come out and say, look, I'm feeling really lonely. But it's looking at the body language. It's looking at their, their demeanour when you do see them. You know, it's it's trying to preempt these things. Start a conversation. Those sorts of things are really important. And um, some great even apps out there for people that like to live next door. A lot of neighbours just looked at that recently myself. And someone remarked, I'm feeling really lonely throughout this. Is anyone feeling the same? Well, the messages that came in following that were unbelievable. Meet you for a walk. I can provide a meal for you. I can ring you every day. I'm feeling very lonely. Outpouring was amazing. I was so surprised and pleasantly Mm. surprised that there was so much support. People out there want to help. They just don't know how to, you know. Yeah. So it's it's like you say, it's it's finding those organisations that maybe we can volunteer with like AJNI or Engage With Age, yeah. um, befriending services then that we can be a part of. So and all Google, things like that, you know, and just Absolutely. find out. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So anything just, else, Sharon, then that you want to? I, I suppose what I want to say is, I mean, look, this has been a, a, a very hard time for everyone. But now this vaccine has been introduced, there is a bit of light at the end of the tunnel. And it's about reassuring people there is light at the end of the tunnel. And our age group, the over 65s, the older age group, they're being prioritised, mm-hmm. and rightly so. So it's a bit of a lifeline for them, you know, to say, look, whilst this is hard now, we are striving, we are working so hard to get you as a community back on your feet, back to being the strong, independent people you were, to do it in a more safe environment. You know, you know the, a wee glimpse of hope yeah. goes a long way. You know, if it's just that phone call once a week, you would hear stories like that. Well, I always look forward to that phone call. That's not a difficult thing to do. So, you know, I definitely think we can all um, do stuff like that. So I know I get a part of putting hampers together and giving hampers out at Christmas time or just that phone call or, you know, getting involved with those local charities that do befriend us that we can all 
definitely be a part of. So there's no excuse, I suppose, for us. So with anybody out there is looking for to do something like that, you know, go and find those charities that are doing it and just, you know, be that lifeline, I suppose, for somebody, you know, because it could, it could save somebody's life. Absolutely. And it doesn't have to be five days a week, yeah. 24 hours a day, you know, even given 10 minutes of your time could be, as you say, a life-saving yeah. 10 minutes. There's people yeah. out there who are feeling so low that they have contemplated taking their lives and a quick phone call to let them know there's someone at the end of the line here who, who cares, who is concerned about them and can help point them in the right direction to get help yeah. and to let them know there is help out there. I think that that goes a long, long way. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you, Sharon, for everything that you do within the community and for those that you support. I'm sure the families absolutely appreciate everything that you do. Uh, it's amazing work and I'm sure it's very re- rewarding for you, although I'm sure at times very difficult. Thank you for your services and what you do within the community. Well, thank you very much. And there's so many people out there like ourselves who are doing yeah. a fantastic of job course, yes. and they continue yeah. to do so even whilst they're putting themselves at risk. They don't mind that, but they just want to see people safe and sound and work towards just a better community in general. There's yeah. lots and lots of good people out there. Yeah, definitely. So thank you so much for um, coming on and taking the time then to help us to, to raise awareness isolation and mental health within the community and something that we can all get involved in so thank you again Sharon for your time and a lovely Christmas now yes thank you, you so too much. take care